So are you ready with potentially the nerdiest podcast we're going to do? Um, are you ready with the nerdiest podcast we're going to do? Because my job was pretty fucking easy. Whoa, we're starting off with a swear word already. Yeah, we are. I, um, I, I did a lot. I'm do, I've done a lot of work on this one. I, okay. did a, I did a lot of research. I have read some books. I've read some articles. I watched a couple cat videos. Oh. Yeah, there's this one where this kitty goes, meow. meow. Is, it, is it laying in the sunny spot in the window? Meow. meow. Mew. Um, yeah. Anyway, so I am gonna take you guys on a journey, I guess. Okay. So I uh, do you want to get going with your uh, your beer that you're drinking right now before we get going? Well, I was wondering if you were gonna be drinking a beer. I had a beer. I'm waiting right now. I'm uh, I'm a little dehydrated, so I, I'm drinking some water for the time being. I don't even see a water in. Can front you of just you. chill for a moment? Do you want my they, water? They literally cannot see you. See us. Well, I mean, that doesn't. I mean, you're just you're getting started by lying to them. I lie to them all the time. That's just that's not going to instill a lot of confidence in them when we're about to give them a uh, knowledge drop here. <laughs> no, it's fine. Do you want my water? I thought that was my water, actually. No, that's my water. Do you want to get a water? No. You want to pause for a second and get a water? No, it's fine. Are you sure? Oh, well, don't worry. I'll, I'll get going. I got a lot of I got a lot to talk about here, so there's, I just want to get into it. Okay. So um, we're going to be telling a story of the history of beer. Okay. And this is only going to be part one of this journey that we're going to be taking back into time and throughout history and uh, hopefully learn a little bit something. Okay. Uh, um, <laughs> I don't. I, I. It was a little bit difficult to kind of figure out where to start. So, um, what about the beginning? In the beginning, there was man. And the you wa- sure beer didn't come first? And then the Washington Huskies came. Okay. All yeah. right. All right. So, uh, so this beginning story, we need to go way back into time. We're going to be talking the history of beer. Also, what you are drinking a crooked stave sour beer right now. That's that's what I was trying to get you to. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyways. So uh, the story kind of begins long before we had men with beards. We had overalls, rubber boots, all this kind of, you know, when you think of a brewer, you know, you think of this kind of burly, husky, salt of the earth person. Who also looks like they could have existed sometime around the pioneer time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then you have like, you know, Ken from Wingman, who's this like skinny bearded guy. But like tend tend to think brewers is kind of like burly men. But that is not necessarily the case. And we'll learn that for the longest time, it was not men. No, it wasn't. It was not. And like, I'm glad like certain places like the Pink Boot Society is like bringing women back into the brewing scene because, mm-hmm. damn it, they make some damn good beer. Yeah. They're the original brewers. But the- we're going to learn that later. Oh, okay. I just got really excited about that for a second. They were the original brewers. Men, we're just Johnny come lately is trying to take everything, which is what we've kind of done throughout history. Okay. But, you know. That makes sense. That sounds right. Yeah, so this story is long before the idea of beards, overalls, rubber boots. This is long before medieval times and the drinking of mead. We're going to go way back. Before the alewives? Before the alewives, in fact. So before we begin, I want to start things off with a hymn. Okay. Yeah, so. I think I know this hymn. So this is called, what? So what, like, this is the hymn of Ninkasi. This is not the brewery down in Eugene, Oregon. This is the Sumerian goddess of beer and brewing. So you mean that brewery in like Woodenville? <laughs> uh, we can see where these names come from, don't we? Yeah. 
Yeah, interesting how that works. So before we get going, I want to read this hymn. It's going to take a minute, so bear with me. If you don't want to hear the hymn, you can just probably fast forward about two minutes. And uh, I, yeah. actually, I, and I don't know much about hymns. I'm not a religious person, but the hymns are tends to be a song, right? I believe so. They're a song. So do I need to like sing this? Oh, please don't. Okay, ready? No. Oh God, no. I'm like embarrassed for you right now. I'm not singing okay. that. Uh, if I say names incorrectly, I was a. I don't care. I don't speak. I don't name a lot of Sumerian kings and goddesses in my day. So, anyways, let's just go with it. All right. Okay. Born of the flowing water, tenderly cared for by the Ninhursag. Born of the flowing water, tenderly cared for by the Ninhursag. Having founded your town by the sacred lake, she finished its great walls for you. Ninkasi, having founded your town by the sacred lake, she finished its walls for you. Your father is Enki, Lord Nidimud. Your mother is Ninti, the queen of Sacred Lake. Ninkasi, your father is Inki, Lorne of Nidimud. Your mother is Enti, the queen of the Sacred Lake. You are the one that handles the dough and with a big shovel, mixing in a pit the bapper of sweet aromatics. Ninkasi, you are the one who handles the dough and with a big shovel, mixing in a pit the bapper with date honey. You are the one who bakes the bapper in the big oven. Puts in the order of piles of hulled grains. Ninkasi, you are the one who bakes the bapper in the big oven. Puts in order of piles of hulled grains. <clears throat> you are the one who waters the malt set on the ground. The noble dogs keep away even the potentates. Ninkasi, you are the one who waters the malt set on the ground. The noble dogs keep even away the potentates. You are the one who soaks the malt in a jar. The waves rise, the waves fall. Ninkasi, you are the one who soaks the malt in a jar. The waves rise, the waves fall. You are the one who spreads the cooked mash on large reed mats. Coolness overcomes. Ninkasi, you are the one who spreads the cook and, uh, cooked mash on large reed mats. Coolness overcomes. You are the one who holds with both hands the great sweet wart, brewing it with honey and wine. You are the sweet wart, or you are the sweet wart to the vessel. Ninkasi, you are the sweet wart to the vessel. The filtering vat, which makes a pleasant sound, you place an appropriate, appropriately on a large collector vat. Ninkasi, the filtering vat, you make a pleasant sound. You place appropriately on a large collector vat. When you pour out the filtered beer of the collector vat, it is like the onrush of the Tigris and Euphrates. Ninkasi, you are the one who pours out the filtered beer of a collected vat. It is like the onrush of the Tigris and the Euphrates. So, so that's the poem. That's yeah, isn't that? I uh, I don't know if I did it justice or not. I don't think you got all the names right, but I wouldn't have any idea where to start with that. Oh, I just not quite sure how these, to pronounce and, and these them. Are, I mean, I don't know much about the mom and dad of Ninkasi, but I think people kind of understand that this is. I mean, this is 1800 BCE. So um, speaking of the hymn of Ninkazi, though, that is the oldest known, according to my research, which I, which I did on the internet, um, and ancientorigins.net was one of my sources, um, oldest known like written recipe that they have, or okay. that, w that we have in history. Um, they have it as about th 3900 
500 years old or about 4,000 years old. Um, and basically, like, if you break it down, um, there's, like, a bread and, like, put it in the ground with some water <laughs> and, like, uh, honey. I think they mentioned honey in there. Honey. Um, so, yeah. So, that's actually, like, the recipe. And it's mostly, like, uh, bread, which is uh, kind of a yeasty bread, um, barley. And then they flavored it. Since they didn't have hops, they used coriander, cardamom, figs, dates, and pomegranates. Um, and they brewed it in, like, kind of a combination of being in the ground and then also in these, like, clay vessels. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and they and uh, Great Lakes Brewing Company out in Ohio, um, they actually did, like, a um, pilot of it. They, like, attempted to brew it. So they... Um, like malted the barley on the roof of the brewery and did a you know trial run to brew it and they did it using the clay vessels and or they're like clay pots I don't know why I keep calling them vessels I think they called uh, it a vessel uh, is on it the a website. vessel and a pot the same thing yeah I know but it, it's not like a word I would organically use um you and a ship you would well that's a different kind of vessel you're a different kind of vessel um and then they would so they use these clay pots slash vessels and wooden spoons to brew it. Um, they said the flavor came out to be both sour and infected, mm, um, which yummy. I'm assuming means that it's very, very, very sour, very mm. tart, like a like a real raw kombucha. Mm-hmm. I bet that sounds delicious. Yeah. So that's interesting, though, because I don't like I really don't know much about ancient recipes. I don't brew beer anymore. I know dogfish head went out and tried to do this a couple of years ago mm-hmm. and created a whole bunch of ancient recipes and it just came back as like woo and then after a couple of days it's like whoa that's not good well they did say um when great lakes did this they did it as like kind of an internal experimentation or an internal experiment um they never intended to distribute it to the public they just kind of wanted to see what have it was going to be like it. yeah they do the beers don't have a long shelf life yeah um which i think has something to do with the fact that they don't have hops in them. Potentially. That's yeah, that's a natural um, preservative. Uh, preservative. Um so they're just kind of which is I mean, but I at the same time I guess sour beers get more sour the longer that they age, so maybe there's kind of like a sweet spot where they're fermented and like safe to drink but um not so sour that it just makes you want to die. And th- this is where I love talking about beer especially in a historical context and especially when it relates to wine mm-hmm. because you have to create beer. There's methods to take to make beer wine. You can just leave it out in a ferment. You can leave, you can leave anything with sugar out. I would assume that there's a little bit more to it than that. I don't know that much about brewing or uh, winemaking winemaking. I was like, it's not called brewing uh, winemaking um, as a, like a, art art form um but i would assume that there's probably more steps along the way but with beer you have to have bread you have to be able to be be able to make bread and you have to be able to turn that bread into a wart and then turn that into beer which involves steps that didn't necessarily exist with older versions of wine wine you just ferment it when, it, when you leave, you can leave anything out that has sugar in it, and it will ferment and turn into something alcoholic. Mm-hmm. But beer is crafted a little bit differently, which involves 
a lot of lot of skill and a lot of talent from these brewers at the time. Mm-hmm. So I just find that in a historical version, and we'll and, and we'll and we'll get into the I historical context of it, how important it is. I'm sure that it was a lot harder to come across back then. Like it wasn't just as much of like like oh we left this you know juice out and it turned to wine. Um, I'm sure that there was a little bit more to it than like. Oh, to find to discovering beer. You are sure defending wine for a no, beer I said podcast. There, I said that there's probably a little bit more to figuring out the process of making beer than there probably was in figuring out how to make wine. I like want you to pledge your allegiance people. to beer right now. I like them both, and I'm not gonna do that. Are you gonna do this entire podcast looking at the dog? Yeah, dude, he's being real weird. <laughs> oh, I hit a button. Why did you hit a button? I don't know. I hit a button. Anyways, I was going to... You said and, and then you hit a button. I I hit a button for a second. I was going to... I had a little cough in me, and then I screwed it up and all that. Did you scare the cough away? I I think I did. Okay, then let's keep going. And... And... So, um, what beer does is involves industry. Okay. It involves agriculture. You have to take barley... And you have to take wheat or you have to take any of these different grains in ancient times. And you have to eventually turn it into wort. So there is techniques involved that are more advanced than any other beverage that we've seen up to this point. Okay. That's what I think beer is interesting. Because beforehand, they were just kind of stumbling across with fermenting things. But they weren't crafting things yet. Mm-hmm. So... I find this ancient brewing technique is is something so beautiful and eloquent because it really shows the creation of civilization. Because now we actually have to have some sort of form of industry that you need people doing the farming. Okay. You need people to transport that. You need to have people brew that, and then you need to have people to drink that. And that just can't be done in a village. That needs to be done in a civilization. And that's where we come across these groups such as the Sumerians and the Akkadians, eventually the Babylonians, Egyptians, and all that, but it involves empires. It involves civilizations. So so you can say that civilization is changed and created with the help of beer. Okay. I can see the argument you're getting at here. Does it make sense Yeah. so far? Yeah. Driven home. Okay. Anyways, so let's talk about ancient Mesopotamia then. Okay. What is your favorite ancient Mesopotamian? Tell me right now. Who is it? Come on. Yeah, I know you got so many. Uh, we'll get to it later. You got so many of them. Think of it seriously. Do you like... Come on. <laughs> okay, let's go. Okay. Ass. All right. Do you even... So for those who don't, ancient Mesopotamia, um, the the group that people mostly know of the ancient Mesopotamians or that... It's it, like uh, Turkey, Iran... And Iraq, Kuwait, etc., yeah. Syria. Yeah, all Syria, it's the it's the Tigris and Euphrates, what we would call the Fertile Crescent mm-hmm. in ancient times, and this is one of the original civilizations that came up. We have like groups of civilizations around the world. We have like in Fertile Crescents, we have the Indus Valley, we have China. These are kind of the original peoples, and we'll get in a little bit. You know, one of the first recipes we potentially could find is actually in China that we may think beer is brewed, but we don't know almost anything about that we just know that we found something that may be beer and it may predate the mesopotamians but we don't know yet okay so uh, the fertile crest so this is where the tigris and euphrates river meet um and it's this is really important because this is a fertile ground where we need to grow 
grains, right? So we need to see this is where the first agriculture really takes home in, civil, in, in the world. So where we have the, the first time we get mass production, the first time that we can actually sport, uh, support an increase of population. Okay. This is, this is really, really important for brewing because we need all this cool stuff. We okay. need this, this population. We need all the, we need people. We need beer. We need grains. We all need this stuff. And Sam is standing up because she's trying to figure out how to turn off a fan. It's very cold. Okay. Okay, keep going. You didn't all have right. to mention it. You could have just. Kept well, going. you didn't have to mention me not drinking water at the time, huh? Still not drinking any water, by the way. I am just talking about ancient Mesopotamia. Okay, keep going. All right. So we have a, uh, groups of people that lived in these. We have the Sumerians. We have the Akkadians. And these are the uh, more or less the original rum shakers of beer. So we have... Um, the, wait, the original what? Rum shakers. Rum shakers? Rump shakers. Rump shakers. Shaking my rumps. Okay. Um, that's what I thought you said. Can you put that into a context for me? Uh, shaking their butts. I know, but... They're, they're out there living, Sam. Getting work done. Shaking their booty. Oh, Getting okay. turned in the clubs. So they're the hustlers. Yeah. Like okay. Little Wayne was out there. Okay. He was spinning raps. You make history not so fun now, Sam. Okay. I was just... All right. So uh, about 2350 BCE, and we like to say BCE, not BCE, because not all of us are Christians. Okay. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's what the that's what uh, historians do. So it stands for before current era, before common era, common era. Uh, we have the um, Akkadian Empire. Um, about 2800, so a little bit before that, we have the first beginning of the Sumerians, and these people lived in the uh, Fertile Crescent area. And these are the first people that kind of started um, playing around with recipes for beer. Um, have you heard of Gilgamesh before? Yes. So during the Epic of Gilgamesh, uh, who was a Sumerian king, and this was written in the Akkadian language for context, was uh, they actually referenced beer in that. And this is about, ooh, I don't actually have it written down, so I'm going off the top of my head, about 2800 maybe BCE, maybe a little bit less, 25. Um, but just, it's just kind of context. These are the first people. Later, the Sumerians and the Akkadians become the Babylonians and the Assyrians. So the Syrians, where you probably get the word Syria from. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, so we have these ancient civilizations. And more or less, these empires are built on grain. Which, again, this is important because you need bread specifically to support populations, support civilizations. Remember, the, the, the Romans were the, the empires, emperors would give out free bed, bread to appease the Roman masses. So, you're right there? Yeah, okay, sorry. Cool. Scooting up. So, um, and about the Sumerians, we actually have evidence that the Sumerians and Akkadians had over 200 kinds of bread. Okay. I mean, do we even have two? I'm assuming we have over 200 kinds of bread now, but like, do we? Because everything is just kind of like wheat and barley and like. Well, no, there's like sourdough and and Dave's killer 21 grain bread. Oh, true. He's probably got 200 himself, huh? Yeah. Dave's got a lot of bread, and all of them make me poop. Oh. oh. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, but I I think the fact that this is you know, th over 3,000, almost 4,000 years ago, and they had two different, 200 different kinds of bread, puts something in context how much grain is being grown in this area. Okay. And remember, because we need grain for beer. 
All right. So uh, with grain comes the ability to support population, which population uh, we need to with with the population we need to find new ways to make them happy. We need to find ways to successfully uh, give them nutrients. Okay, I was gonna say I don't I I feel like back then beer wasn't necessarily so much as of an intoxicating beverage, but it did it did get you a little. Yeah, but wasn't little, it much it was, more of like it was watered a, down? Wasn't it much more of a nutritional? Well, because think about what's uh, the the safety of water at this time. Poor, very poor. People shit in their water, right? Or yeah. animals shit in their water. Well, and also like nutritional, it would it would seem to me, and maybe I'm jumping a little ahead here, but you is girl. Um, it would seem to me that uh, it would be a good way to take uh bread and then turn it into um a supplement or caloric intake for many more people to kind of stretch your resources Mm -hmm. to touch more or to satisfy or satiate more of your population and you brought this up and 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 some historians will even argue that the the desire to create more beer is eventually which caused more cultivation of grains and crops Mm -hmm. which allowed to which allowed more people because now we're getting more advances in the cultivation of grains to support the beer but at the same time to support more population because we're, you know, we're now creating even like more types of bread, new methods to do so. So the the want and the will of beer can be argued that help make more scientific and historical advances throughout history. Okay. Which I think is cool. Suck on that wine. Also suck on that. What's that? Uh, what's that weird alcohol that they only drink in Chicago? <laughs> The one that tastes supposed to taste like bitter butthole is what I believe. Take that oh, one too. Oh, oh, that one that it's like the whiskey flavored yeah. liquor. Yeah, um, that, if we had uh, anybody our from buddy Chicago, tried, yeah, that he said tasted awful. Yeah, suck like on that. Bitter on bitter. So, but I'm gonna keep coming back to this. I'm gonna harp this over and over. I think I can easily say, and this is just me as a student of history. Okay. That beer helped found civilization. Okay. That we are what we are today because of beer. Okay. I would say that there's I I don't okay, I'm going to put a caveat on on top of this. Um I don't know a lot about the history of wine, but I would imagine that if this podcast was you and your sister sitting down and having this conversation, she could drop a boatload of knowledge on you about how wine has shaped certain um economic and societal structures. I mean, if I had to rank like the most important like like inventions i'd have probably beer at the top probably then penicillin uh internet for porn research only right obviously. and then probably like down at the bottom absinthe and then wine where would you put the wheel on that uh we'll say 20 to 28 okay so below the internet for porn yeah porn only obviously okay porn other is like 52 what about the internet for arguing with strangers who don't believe the same thing that you do? Oh, I'm I'm right now. That's actually that's like one A. I'm going on Twitter right now just to yell at somebody. <laughs> oh jeez. Please don't. <laughs> All right. Waste of time. Do you know like back in nineteen ninety two, we actually even discovered traces of beer that uh so <laughs> The, the traces weren't from 1992. In 1992, we discovered okay, them. I was going to say, I was like, I think they had beer back then. It was maybe uh, not as like. So about 3800 BCE. We actually okay. have traces. Like not a recipe, but we found like bacteria and yeast and all that in a jar that could potentially like that could be beer. So this is 
beer's been around for a long time. This is and this is almost two thousand years before the hymn to Nikasi. Okay. Anyway, um, and that was in a Sumerian settlement, or the, the people that may have become the Sumerians. We don't actually know what day the people are like. You know what? I think I'm going to be considered a Sumerian. Yeah, that sounds good. Anyway, um, I mean, there's there's even like some evidence that there's like even to you know some historians i don't know beer historians mm-hmm. will, will tend to put the date maybe out to 6000 bce mm-hmm. when beer started happening and that probably could be the maybe the idea of a fermentation happening at the same time and people starting to be able to cultivate it and change it however they want but the reason why this again this beer is so important is because it was safe to drink okay because people even in you know three thousand years ago four thousand years ago they needed safe things to drink beer very nutritious Mm-hmm. As um, a scholar, Jeremy Black writes, uh, beer was a staple in Mesopotamia and its surroundings from prehistoric times, as the fermentation process was an effective method of killing bacteria and waterborne disease. Its manufacture was recorded and controlled by scribes, even in the uh, in the earliest written records from the late fourth millennium BCE. Beer was considered uh, consumed by people at all levels of society and offered to the gods and the deads uh, and the and to the dead in libation rituals. Okay. I think that's cool. I mean, like, and we'll get later on that, you know, we'll just keep going. Okay. The dog's doing weird things. Yeah, the dog is doing weird things. He was upside down a second ago. What is he doing right now? I don't want to say. I don't want to embarrass him. It's not, like, polite. He's looking at his butthole. (laughs) But but we know he doesn't have worms. People are like, well, don't don't look at their buttholes because they got worms. He doesn't. We just got him checked. Yeah. He's worm free. He just enjoys a good butthole lick by himself. Anyways, so this beer that was being created, and you talked to, more or less, we consider this nowadays is undrinkable. Yeah. It very, would, very sour. Very. It, uh, it would be more sour than the sourest beer you can imagine, is from what I understand. But... Well, I think of, like, the beers that I've had at, like, Ale Pocketheri and... Uh, even to an extent like propolis um and they are very uh they have have that very kind of wild flavor <laughs> and that's that would then that would be like very tame for these right and i i could just like imagine those on like crack is what these would taste like but drinking these style beers that was part of the daily life for the sumerians Yes. Like that's what they had. So I assume life had to be a little bit crappy back then. Like if you were, if you, this is the beer you're drinking, you probably, you, I get it. You need the nutrition, you need the nutrients, mm-hmm. but I think getting fucked up might be a little bit better because I mean, I they w- don't have internet porn, Sam. What are they doing? They're literally just walking around probably naked. Well, mostly. So them, never mind. They did have porn. Never mind. We're cool. We're cool. Never mind. Anyways. <laughs> um, so eventually, though, uh, the, the Sumerians and the Akkadians die out and they're replaced by the ancient Babylonians, which um, most people are familiar with. And with the growing power and size of the Babylonian Empire, and we kind of believe the Babylonian Empire was one of the first original strong empires, the rise of brewing kind of grew with it. So beforehand, before the dog's not like chasing his tail. Yeah. Uh, before brewing was kind of done at home with the like the the wives doing it, right? The women. Mm-hmm. That was kind of a thing. There's an old Sumerian saying: "The house where beer is never lacking, there she is." 
Mm-hmm. But with the rise of beer happening, try not to pop your bees like that for the pod- podcast. Uh, there was a need for more production, and we'll see this uh, in uh, Babylonian cultures and the later Egyptian. The rise of production breweries at this point. Okay. So we've moved on from the uh, Sumerians. We've moved on from the Akkadians uh, around. About 1600 BCE, actually, no, maybe about 1800 BCE, uh, Hammurabi takes over the Babylonian Empire, and we definitely see the rise of the Babylonians and their beer. And this is where, like, uh, we really find out that women were started becoming, like, instrumental in brewing, right? Very much. Okay. So, um, uh, where was I? Anyways, so we have the rise of production breweries. So, the Sun Temple of Nefertiti had a brewery that could up produce up to 300 gallons of beer a day. And this is 300 gallons, gallons of beer okay. a day. Beer was so important in the ancient world that governments used it as a form of payment. Yeah, I heard that. Um, which brings up the idea that beer, or even barley, was one of the first forms of currency. Okay. Because we don't have the, the idea of currency until this point. So... Um, so Assyrian workers, so this is uh, a group of people that thrived along the Babylonian Empire, uh, were paid up to four pints of beer a day. Workers in Egypt were paid up to ten pints a day. The Egyptian Book of the Dead extols the virtues of beer, including how to beer a brew a beer of truth, a beer of eternity. Uh, during Assyrian festivals, uh, one of the kings provided people the people up to ten thousand jugs of beer for just for a festival. Ten thousand hey jugs yo. of beer. Um, there's an, there's an Egyptian saying. How many saying, kegs do you think that is? I don't know. How big is a jug? Um, based nice. on the f- the pictures that I've seen, because they actually have like drawings of them. So mm-hmm. they're these ca- uh, clay. Have you seen the drawings? Mm-hmm. I'm sure. The clay um, jugs are kind of like um, big. They look like vases kind of. They're big and kind of oval shaped with a little bit of a narrow top on the end. And then they would all drink out of them with... Um, these straws it looks like i mean based on the pictures they maybe were about two and a half to three feet tall was what it looked like to me but mm-hmm. i it's hard to tell from a cake like essentially a etching yeah um but that's kind of roughly the size it looked like it was and then they would um drink out of it with like reed straws and like three people would drink out of the same jug they just like sit around the same jug and drink out of it i like it yeah there's a an egyptian saying that the mouth of a perfectly content man is filled with beer I saw that one, too. <laughs> so, I mean, I know that I'm perfectly happy when I have beer in my mouth. You don't even have a water in front of you. We You're just, why them. are you going to keep bringing this up? <laughs> yeah, I am. You know how much I've drank in the last couple of weeks? I've been to three different Fresh Hop festivals. How many have you been to? Well, technically three, but <clears throat> really only one. <laughs> yeah. I got, I got sick. Oops. <laughs> I got very sick. Anyway, so let's go back to... I would also like to clarify that I got stomach sick, not like alcohol sick. Mm, we'll see. Anyway, so let's continue. We're moving forward. We're, we have the importance of beer. We have a little bit of history of it. So let's talk about Hammurabi, okay. who was the king of Babylonia during the 18th century BCE. He enacted a series of laws, which we call the Code of Hammurabi which these actually include rules for beers and bars. So the code itself had a fixed price for beer. Is this the one where the ladies get to be dunked underwater if they don't give you beer or something? <laughs> yeah. Okay, go ahead. 
Uh, Read the actual one. Uh, I'd huh. like I like my paraphrase. Oh, okay. So then. <laughs> so, oh, I lost my spot. Where am I? This is what happens. So anyways, so uh, the Code of Hammurabi had a fixed price for beer and uh, required brewers, who were all female this time, to bring disorderly customers to the palace before uh, to be punished. Um, so if they have disorderly cutters, they'll bring them to the palace or like the police and tell them that they're being drunk assholes. And if they didn't, these women who own the bars, who are doing the brewing, could be put to death if they don't. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, they also had a code where uh, where they had the price, and if the women charged too much for it, they would be thrown into water. Okay. So, I mean, these, but these were laws. I feel like she should be able to charge however damn much she wants to charge for the beer that she's brewing. All right, so for the, uh, let's say the... Women's rights movement of of America didn't necessarily apply to, let's say, ancient Babylon. So there was no hashtag me too. But there was not. Um, but there's some harsh codes for the men also. Like what? Uh, I don't have. We get in front to burn of me. them alive. Probably. Mm. I mean, there's probably I mean, a lot of probably hand being chopped off. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah. Also, but they're are they being drowned for charging too much for beer? Well, then and what's too much? I'd really like to know more about this. <laughs> it went by the weight of it, I believe. Okay. <laughs> so, um, oh my goodness, I don't even know where to go. So, but <laughs> I just love like how much you charge for that beer? About three fifty. Well, that's too much. You're gonna die. Sorry, but I mean, maybe maybe get a twenty percent discount. Um, breweries in L.A. would be screwed. I know. You could literally L.A. would just be thrown into the water. I know. I, I think New York's the same way, right? Where it's expensive to drink. San Francisco. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Seattle's even getting that way. Yeah. Where it's getting a little too pricey to drink. All those bartenders, throw them in the sound. No. Oh. But, you know, it's happy. It happens. So, anyways. It's really cold in the sound and kind of gross. But in, in ancient Babylon and in ba- in Babylonia, the Babylonian people, they needed these rules because their lifestyle was built around beer. It was thought that the, their diet and the majority of their calories came through the consumption of beer. Okay. That was just a, a staple of their diet. It was nutritious. It was safe. It got you a little drunk. Um, it's, they had over 20 different types of beer just in Babylon, the city of Babylon. They had 20 distinct styles of beer. Not like an IPA versus a pale versus a stout. A lot of it was probably like... This one is used with saffron and et cetera, but 20 distinct styles. And again, this is thousands of years ago. Okay. I think to me, that's kind of an astonishing and impressive feat. It is very impressive. I mean, think about like a lot of our, especially our Eurocentric views during the, the, like the medieval times, the dark times, those people were almost inept to do anything. And these people at this time were like, oh, would you like one of our handcrafted ales? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this one has a fig in it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in meal times, it'd be like, I lost an arm to the plague. Fiddlesticks. I assume that's what they said. But we are going to actually talk about beer during that time. Yeah, Unfo- but that's a different podcast, That's going to be a different podcast. And the resource is always a little bit lack because we have our, like, information from our abbeys and all that. But not a lot of stuff is written down from that time. The church did a really good job keeping people stupid. So not a lot of things happened. Okay. I mean, a lot of things happen, but anyways, 
that'll be for another day probably the next podcast in fact okay so um we're kind of nearing the end of like the beer in this time and my what my whole goal is to think the or to point out that beer played a really important role in crafting civilization the importance of grain barley malt they had like so many different types of types of grains that allowed people to make bread and then more importantly eventually make beer mm-hmm. which grew civilizations was where we like our civilization like we are what we are because of these groups before us and these groups before us based their life around beer so those people during the prohibition era can suck it so basically the civilizations that brought beer forward were the ones that like that don't drink a lot of beer now though oops yeah well that's true (laughs) i know i so i um are you kind of done with the i i have a little bit um about so the uh if you want to turn the globe a little bit and just focus for a second on ancient civilizations that are not in mesopotamia uh the incans and other Uh, native people before you get to that (laughs) sorry um well fuck, what was i gonna say um never mind we'll cut that out no we're not so anyways maybe we'll forget you'll remember was it about was it was it about beer in Babylon or beer in Anyways, I'm just gonna finish my part real quick. Then we can go into you because you have some cool stuff to talk about though. Well, I've already said some of it. I've, yeah, already, I've kind of sprinkled it throughout this too. A little it wasn't a, just a little, you a little, talking the entire time. A little pinch of Sam here and there. Yeah. yeah. Um I think it was something along the lines of like the beer that they did brew back then was like very chunky and like Mm. um because they would use the actual like bread pieces instead um so beer did spread from like um mesopotamia and the sumerians and the babylonians down into um ancient egypt and then from ancient egypt it spread up into greece um and when it spread up into greece the greeks were not into it they were like this stuff it stinks like they said that it smelled like goats. Um, they were just like thought it was like the worst possible thing that you could. Those possibly naked bring jerks. In. Yeah. Um, oh, what I was gonna say um, when you mentioned that um, a lot of what was formerly Mesopotamia now does not drink um, in that Atlas of Beer book that I was like, well, maybe I can bring in like a short little segment on like what beers are in Egypt or Turkey, and um, well, I think there are Egyptian beers. Um, uh, there's a uh, Egyptian bread beer or a banana beer. Yeah, I know I've seen one somewhere. I think it's like in uh, Total Wine or something. But um, there's just no information in the atlas. <laughs> it's just there's there's not a lot of beer drinkers. Well, there I mean, anymore. it's just in Islam. But that's, that's the, yeah, the Islamic culture is yeah. not to I mean, drink alcohol. So nothing to say like that's wrong with that. That's no, 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 their no own. That's not what I was trying to get at at all. Like, no, you just. <laughs> I'm not gonna say anything. <laughs> I was going to be mean about you for a second. No, don't. Oh. Um, yeah, I was just going to bring in a, like, a little tidbit about that, but there's just not much. Um, I mean, in Saudi Arabia, it's like illegal to drink. So I'm yeah. guessing the craft beer scene sucks there. Probably not great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, there are some like areas in the Middle East where you can drink still. Uh, in that book, in, um, I was looking through it in Tanzania, mm-hmm. which is a predominantly um, Muslim country. That there is a handful of breweries in that country. Yeah. Because, I mean, and it's just, you know, that's part of the culture is that, you know, some people, and they and they do the weird things. And they do much like some um, ancient civilizations where they'll chew on the grain 
and then spit it out mm-hmm. and then chew on more grain and spit it out and chew on grain and spit it out. And that's making their kind of their own visions of beer, though. They don't want to use uh, grains. So sometimes they use plantains, anything that's, you know, can make sugar. Sugar, Yeah. And they'll spit it out because you're you're mashing. Essentially, you're chewing it up. You're releasing the sugars in the grain or in the plantains or whatever you're using. You spit it out. You ferment that and you have disgusting beer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's part of it. Like so. And then the ancient Incans had their version of beer. The uh, people that lived around the Amazon rainforest in the ancient times had their own version of beer. Um, I just like I, this information I love. And I know like we get a little scattered with this because there's so much to talk about. But at the same time, there's so little of it mm-hmm. because we only have so many sources. And a lot of it, we're just like using what we know and kind of extrapolating it further and further back. Right. But I just to me, it shows that for thousands of years, beer played an important role to us. I think for us, not me personally. I'm only in my thirties. It still 30s. plays a little bit of an important role in our lives. True, and in fact, the the industry of the United States, like how much, like there's thousands of craft beer breweries. There's four hundred over four hundred in the state of Washington now mm-hmm. that puts in billions of dollars into the economy. And back then, that was the same way. Those, are you, are you are you freaking out, buddy? No, I just noticed that the um, fan was still on, even though I ter- thought I turned it off. Do you think it's ghosts? No, I think that I just didn't turn it off properly. Mm. I also am eyeing the thermometer wall thing behind you. Did you turn the heat off again? It's put a, very cold in here. Put a blanket on. No. You don't pay for the heating bill. <laughs> <laughs> I it would not be as expensive of a heating bill if you didn't leave the door wide open half the time. Well, then if the heat's off, the door's open. We're getting a lot of fresh air in here. No, a lot of fresh air. A lot of water does good for you. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Personal argument. Mm-hmm. But every time, so like this is the importance of beer, and I'm I'm almost done with everything. We're moving on to like a significant amount of time being just talking about ancient beers. Um, and then I'll let you talk because you have some recipes, right? I already said them. Oh, you already said all the recipes? Yeah. Yeah, that was all you had? Yeah. They d- I mean, there's not like, it's not like. You didn't have like 10 ounces of. No, it doesn't come like that. Northern Brewer Hops? No, that ning- that hymn of Ninkazi, that's the recipe. You have to figure it out from there. Aw. I thought you had more. No. Aw. <laughs> and also, they didn't take like very specific notes back then. Well, I mean, so yeah. it's not like. <laughs> it's it, It's literally like. Bread, tear bread apart, soak water, dates, pomegranate, honey, straw, drink. Mm. See, you just said a recipe. Yeah. That's how I make my mac and cheese. I just kind of throw things together and figure it out. Figure it out, Matt. Figure it out. Anyway, so um, I kind of, well, I kind of end things on this. Every time a civilization falls some variation of their beer culture survives. Not necessarily every single one of them, but as the Sumerians fell, the Babylonians, the Greeks in their naked ways, eventually the Romans, some sort of beer, are we even like, well, I'll throw a bone to other things. Some form of alcohol survived that still is relevant today. Okay. And that's that's what I got about ancient beers. And that's all you have about ancient that's beers. That's all that went through. That's four pages of notes right there. That's a lot of pages of notes. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, it was a lot of content. It was very good and very informative. 
dense. It might be a little dense. Happens. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if anybody's ever taken a history class, like I myself am a history major. I know. There's, there's a lot of there's a lot of denseness into history. And it's our job to figure it out, put it into context, analyze, synthesize the information, and be able to tell it back to the world in a way that made it more confusing. I That's don't think, I wouldn't say that I th- I thought it was a confusing. I think you did a really good job telling that story. It just was a very a lot of content. Yeah. And I like I dumbed it down quite a bit. Well, you did you know, also read like an entire book. True. Oh, I turned it into like four pages of notes. I um I'll post my sources online. I, d- I don't have the books in front of me right now, but I got a majority of mine from two different sources. Um both great reads. I posted one on my on our Instagram. Okay. The book um and it's 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 fantastic reading. I know it's it's going to be beer centric, but you can fly through it quickly because it's beer. And history. Mm-hmm. Two things Matt loves. I love it. So anyways, um Did you have a beer of the week this week? Uh, I'm going to throw I'm this is, I'm going to say since we've been in the past since we podcast, we've been to three different fresh hop festivals. Do we want to talk about any of those? We could do that like, for another podcast, too. Okay. Let's do that. Uh, yeah, okay. But anyways, I'm going to throw my beer of the week to Sumerian Brewing. Oh. Their fresh hop holy water. Hmm. Because I think it's relevant. And okay. our and our and our friend uh, Bubba works for them. Hi Bubba. Anyways, he's not listening. He's got no. a f- he's got a family and a life. Unlike Leichner who's listening. Hi Leichner. Anyways, what's your beer of the week? Uh I'm gonna go with what I, so I believe this is a collaboration between Bailbreaker and Wandering Hop. Um, it, but in untapped, it's just listed as a bail breaker, but I think it's a collaboration. Uh, I'm going to go with the Bine Hunter, which is a fresh hop beer that came out this year for the festival. And it's delicious. Yeah. So anyways, we'll talk more about fresh hops another time. Yeah. Because the season is winding down. Might as well wait till the season's officially done when we get our last fresh hop into our bodies. Yes. Then we'll talk about how successful and how awesome it was. I think we should um, break up this history of beer thing. So do like a episode about it, like a history lesson and then do another episode that's like a more regular, just, uh, you know, whatever. And then do, you know, kind of do a series on it. What do you think? Okay. Now everybody's part of our lives and now knows this, how we think of things. I I didn't hit pause. Did you need to? Is this this private information? So our address is... Okay, uh, just a thought. I don't know. Think about it. Figure it out. Okay. All right. Well, I think we're winding down, so thanks, everybody. What's your uh, what's ways to get a hold of you if they want to talk about beer? Oh, Samwise206 on Instagram and Twitter. And, oh, oh, we have a Facebook page. Yeah, like us. It's called Taste Like Homebrew. Yeah, look us up on uh, on Facebook at Taste Like Homebrew. And this is because of uh, Eastside Beer Week got into my ear and be like, hey, we're trying to tag you in things. So create something so we can tag you on Facebook, mm-hmm. especially. So uh, follow us or you can follow our Instagram, which is tastes like homebrew. Uh, or is it Wobble yes, Journey? It's still? Taste, no, I think it's tastes like, like homebrew. homebrew. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at tastes like homebrew or follow me at the Matt Holtz. Although I just mostly talk about football. Um, but I have to talk a little bit more about beer. The fa- I think the Facebook and the Instagram are probably going to be the best ways to get a hold of us. If you, especially if you guys have any, um suggestions on things we should talk about or places we should check out or if you are a brewer and would like to be on the podcast feel free to reach out to us there oh and on one last topic then we'll go you know which 
person I met yesterday who was kind of my idol and kind of an inspiration about my want to travel around the world and drink. Was it Zane? It was Zane Lamfrey. Did he wear an adventure hoodie? He did. No, he was wearing a flannel shirt. Aww. But I was wearing an adventure hoodie. Did he Anyways, notice he, it? He came. Uh, he did comment it. Oh, okay. Yeah, he he touched it. Wow. Yeah. So, anyways, he um he used to do a show called Three Sheets, where he would go travel around the world drinking. Greatest job of all time. And uh, basically, Matt's dream job. He it is. And uh, I was able to meet him yesterday, and that was freaking awesome. So he took a couple selfies with Dorn and I, and. I highly suggest to find the show Three Sheets. It's about over 10 years old now. And you, when you watch it, Is it really it's over probably even further than that now. Oh, wow. And if you watch it, it looks super 2000s because he's constantly wearing cargo shorts and flip-flops. Which yeah. uh, is... Yeah, we wore it, a lot of those in the 2000s. I mean, some people hold on to those still, but they're definitely fading out. Yeah. Anyways, Meadow. Do you ever wear a puka shell necklace at any point? Oh, I would love. I to mean, that's look. that's pretty early two thousands. That's mm-hmm. ca- that kind of dropped off by the mid. <laughs> Anyways, uh, thank you so much for listening, um, and you'll hear from us soon. Bye.